I just want to start with a prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that what I've prepared for you, and I know it's a pearl, pearl of great value that I see not only who you are through this psalm, that there's so much more to it, and I pray that I'll be able to show everybody over here what you've shown me. It will affect their lives, and then they will see you as their shepherd. Amen. Now I'm going to read the, read the Psalm of David. I want you to take note of the he's and the you's. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. This psalm, and you're going to hear that I say you quite a lot. It's because it's between you, over here, me, and your shepherd, God. There's no us, and just like Ellen said last week, where one day we'll be standing in front of, of God. It's between you and him. No we's, no us's, no congregation. It's between you and him. There's also a change that you note, noted when he's giving all of this to us. He is the sovereign God. The first three verses show you his, how sovereign he is. And the last three verses when we cover it is when you're walking through the valley of the death and how you applied his sovereignty to your life. See, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is the creator God. It's Yahweh. He's the one that we look to because he gives us everything. And that's he gives us. You receive everything from him. And secondly, is my. It's that personal connection. David sees God for who he is and what he what, he, what God gives him. And there's shepherd. But before we get to shepherd, let's see that is my. In 1 Samuel 17, 34-36, this is what it says. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, 
I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defiled the armies of the living God. You see, David saw God was with him when these predators came after his sheep. And he, he knows God because he sees him. You see, you can't say that God was with me if you didn't know, first of all, who God was. And he accepted that clearly he was out of his depth when he went after the bear and the lion. But God was with him, and he understood that. That's why he's got, is my shepherd. You see, but what happens if God is your shepherd? What does that make you? That's probably you is probably a pretty good word, because it's a sheep. You see, <laughs> you see, there's, there's a couple of things that you associate with sheep. And a lot of you are going to disagree with this. You see, they poor in sight. They're stupid. They're needy. <clears throat> they lose their way often. They follow the one that has got the hardest headbutt. Um, they're unstable on their feet. And they're defenseless. And do you see yourself as a sheep? Because this is what it's saying. But we'll work through, and we'll see by the end how you see yourself. The next, <clears throat> the, the next statement says, I shall not want. Now, I'm telling you, I got this seriously wrong. I read it, I read it like this. I shall not want the Lord who is my shepherd. But that's not what it's saying. Okay, and maybe some of you saw it that way. I didn't know until I started studying this exactly how, how to put it into context. But it's two statements. The I shall not want can also be said, I shall not lack. Because the Lord is your shepherd. And there's probably... A better way of looking at it because you will trust your shepherd but not all people trust their shepherds you remember Shrek yeah didn't trust his shepherd did not listen to the shepherd's voice and we all know that it was in the news and it was Bendigo Station. And what was happening is when they were mustering the sheep, this one decided to go and hide in a cave. For five years, it didn't hear its master's voice. So much so that it had so much wool on it, it ended up making, I can't remember, seven or ten um, suits. The second aspect of the shepherd to consider, oh, sorry, there's two aspects of the shepherd that I'd like you to consider. The first, not every shepherd is a good shepherd. 
in Matthew 18:12, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? The expectation is to look for the one in the parable that went astray. That's the good shepherd. It's in John 10, 14, it says, I am the good shepherd, this is Jesus. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay, my, lay down my life for the sheep. A sheep follows his shepherd. A disciple follows their teacher. Secondly, there are good sheep. Isaiah 50, <clears throat> there are no good sheep. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We are all like sheep have gone astray. Every one has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid up upon him the iniquity of us all. This is the flock that he's talking about. You see, you don't realize which shepherd you're actually following until you go to, to funerals. And this song is the one that we sing the most, The Lord's My Shepherd at Funerals. But the thing is, there's a blank tombstone over there. Because quite often we go to the funerals and sometimes you feel sorry because of what is said. And it stands out so clearly who your shepherd is because it's who you follow and listen to, what your life turns out to be, how you apply what you know about God in your life. You see, you can also do it your way or my way. You see, it says, I traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this, I did it my way. You see, the road to hell is a highway. And many are on that road. The road to heaven is the narrow gate. And we re there are requirements on, on that narrow path. And so who is your shepherd? See the second verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, Jesus. And getting a sheep to lie down isn't easy. There's four, basically four requirements that you must meet before you can get a sheep to lie down. One is, first of all, there's friction. And the sheep don't want to be in close proximity to each other. There's also a pecking order among sheep. And... They're butting each other. Quite often that probably happens here. There's a pecking order and there's a little bit of butting going on and there's friction and you just can't seem to get, get with it. A lot of people will leave a church because there's a little bit of friction. You see, the second thing is food. A sheep needs to have food and then it's content and it can lie, to, it can lie down. Bugs, if they're bugs, doesn't want to lie down. It's been irritated. We sometimes get irritated here. Fear, 
oh, COVID, you know, COVID, you know, whose hands are they in? Who are you following? We all have fear. But the thing is, when the shepherd's there, the sheep are at ease. And they can relax. And then there's these green pastures. Now, the green pastures aren't what we see over here, this emerald green from one mountain going through the valley all the way up to the other. That's not the green pastures of Israel where this psalm of David was written. You see, what happens is you get these winds that blow and they hold moisture. And as they got these, these mountain paths, like it gets, cools down, water droplets form on, on these rocks and they, it falls down and, and, and there might be a seed and the seed will start growing. So you get these moist winds that get, and there's, it's sporadic. There's the green, you can see over there, there's patches. It's definitely not like New Zealand. The thing is that the food that these sheep eat when they lie down, they ruminate. Now, ruminate is they get a special stomach and it's got alcohol in it and it breaks down what the, um, the sheep's been eating. And what happens is, and then it regurgitates it, it chews it again and it swallows it and it can get, the sheep can get more nutrition out of it. Quite often this is also contemplation. Same, same word for contemplation. What are we eating? Because we are the sheep. Are we reading God's word? Are we ruminating on it? Because that changes how you view things. It puts your mind at ease on who your shepherd is. He leads me beside still waters. Um, actually, before we get there, so there's one more thing. Even David, um, he sometimes followed a different shepherd. With him and, and Bathsheba, we he ends up. Um, Killing uh, Uriah. He also, at times, followed the wrong people. You see, there was this guy, uh, Philip Keller, and he was a farmer in East Africa, and he was farming sheep, and he had this beautiful little sheep that used to have babies and plenty of them. They grew up healthy, quickly, and there was just one problem with this, this sheep. It, he ended up calling fence caller. Why? Because it used to go along the fence to find a hole, and then it'd slip out. And the thing was that even though all the greenest pastures were on his land, this one would go to the next door neighbor who didn't look after their land. And he used to often think, wow, I wonder what his sheep must be thinking. I'm sure they want to come onto his land to eat his green pastures. 
But the thing is, this, this little lamb would do that. But that wasn't the worst thing of all, is that its, it's babies that it had would do the same thing. And, and when they were all doing it, they started drawing in the other lambs. So all of a sudden, his business was on going to take a turn for the worst. So what he had to do is actually had to, one day he took out his knife and he had to kill the lamb because the whole flock was at risk because of that. Who do you follow is very important. You see, <coughs> up there there's a picture of the 500 sheep that die in a mass suicide. Sheep follow. The one that's, that's the hardest. You know? Do you search for the truth or are you just going to jump over? Bah! Early hours of the morning, next one, bah! Eventually there's 500 that have gone, gone down. Okay? Actually happened. We can't just follow anybody. We have to know where the green pasture is. We've got a shepherd. See, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. It's, it's believing. You know, it's the water. You know, even, do you know that sheep won't drink from a, like a running brook or turbulent water? The shepherd actually has to go and draw the water and put it into a pool or something like that, and they'll drink from it over there. The sheep are more... When you take the sheep up, and he had a spot where he wanted to, the sheep to drink from with clean water. But, you know, as the sheep again, they found one of these pools, and it was urinated and defecated in, but they were happy to drink from the water. There's better water that the shepherd has, but you'll never get to that good water if you're um, relying on the scraps that are on the way. Because it's trusting the shepherd. Three, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his sake. You see, sheep, we said they're a little bit, they don't stand on their feet, and especially when they've eaten too much, or if their hair grows too long, what happens is they'll lie down and all of a sudden, if they top over, they become cast. And I know we've seen them when we've been driving um, through the country, and I'm sure most of you have probably seen it. Oh, there's a dead sheep. No, it's actually cast. And the thing is that sheep is totally reliant on their shepherd to come and look for it. You know, the 99 that are lost, maybe the other one was cast somewhere and the sheep is dependent on the shepherd to restore its soul or its well-being for us it's not about being it's how do we it's your, your relationship between you and god and god and what does that relationship look like and it's bringing yourself into repentance and being at one with god again 
because our conscience pricks us when we're not. See, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Now, I've got pictures up, up, up there with the sheep that are walking along the side of the mountain, those narrow paths that they're walking on. Now, these paths have got those little tufts of grass, and the two paths, normally they can just reach in between them, and one will lead from the bottom, one will lead from the top. But it's the process that is really interesting because when they're walking along and they'll grab a mouthful and they'll chew it, it's almost like sanctification, that process of becoming one with God. We, we hold on to one verse, we might have it for a week, and we mull over it, and it changes us. We see things that we never saw before, and then we carry on walking along the narrow path, and we have another bite, and then it changes us. These paths of righteousness, and the righteousness comes from Christ. He's the one that gives us, but then he, he also wants us to be like him. And these are the paths that he leads us on. doesn't matter what path you see your life in. He's there with you, and it's for your good. Because it's for his name's sake. Oops. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, there's some pictures, Valley and one's the Kidron Valley. Um, there are lots of caves. The wild animals used to live in these caves, the bees, the lions, uh, the mountain lions as, as well as lions, dogs, birds of prey. So there were lots of things that wanted these helpless little sheep. And they were all over. Because shepherds in those days, quite often we think that a shepherd got the best grazing and that kind of stuff, like over here. It's not like that. That doesn't work in Israel. The best, the best pastures in that went to making crops. These shepherds ended up on the mountains, those places where you didn't want to go. It was, Lucas was frowned down upon. These are the places they walked. And we don't quite see how, imagine taking a flock through one of these valleys. You're not too sure what's going to come out. See, but you are with me. Do you see God walking with you through those tough times in your life you see his rod and his staff we love the staff we're happy when people are guiding us but sometimes we get the rod too because if you're the one that's leading people astray something must be said and sometimes the shepherd needs to use the rod but they're for our benefit See, David walked through many times through the valley of death. Goliath, come on, he's a little boy and he's a monster of man. He couldn't even put on most people's armor when he went against him. Then he was seated at... Um, oh, sorry.
he also, if you think when he cuts the robe from, from Saul in the cave, when Saul was relieving himself, imagine that's a shadow of death. Something went wrong. He wouldn't have been there. Saul's men would have come in and he would have been dead. What about when he went into the camp at night? Saul's camp. Just a little while after that. And him and his men, they sneaked into the camp and he took Saul's water jar and his spear. Imagine going through where everybody wants to kill you. Talk about a shadow of death. But you are with me. Who's with you when you go through these times where you think nobody is? His God is with you. Jesus who took on himself our sin and was put to death while he gave us his righteousness. Jesus who fulfills the Father's will. The Holy Spirit that will be with you always. No one can snatch us out of the Father's hands. You prepare before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. A sheep, you see, a good shepherd might have gone and prepared a place beforehand. Maybe you've eaten or something like that, and then you move on. The shepherd could have cleaned all the um, poisonous plants from that area, sown some seeds, and prepares a place for the sheep. So next time, it'll all be ready, that they can eat and have their full. So much so that their cup overflows. You know, the cup being overflowing means, well, there's more liquid in the cup than what you can drink. That's another way of looking at my cup overflows. You anoint my head with oil. You see, the sheep with the pests, how, did you, how does a shepherd deal with it? Well, they used to mix sulfur, olive oil, and some herbs. And they used to put it on the sheep. Sheep's head. So that um, the flies and that wouldn't go into its nose. And they'd be pest-free. You see, now I just want to take you back to... Oh, okay, sorry. In the presence of my enemies. Now, just remember, we, uh, I've spoken about those birds of prey that we just always, wherever you were eating, you rely on your shepherd to protect you as a sheep. Do we rely in your workplaces that your shepherd is there with you? Because you, you read your Bible in the morning, he's with you, you know what to do. You draw on what you know. Going back to that verse that was read with David, the 200 loaves of bread that Abigail, two wineskins, five sheep, five sears of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs. But where did this happen? You see, this happened 
There's two instances of what when David went with Saul in the cave and he cut out. And on the other side was um, when David went to Saul and took his spear and his water jar. This extract falls right in between the two where David, Nabal and Abigail's story took place. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now they anoint my head with oil. I'll cover in the next, in the next bit. Remember that Jesus who spoke to the Samaritan woman in John 4 at the well. He later sees the entire village come to saving faith. Jesus says to his disciples, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. You see, there's spiritual food too that must be, we must take, you know, when we look at um, my cup overflows. And we come to that now. Jesus was seated at the Last Supper. And who was at the table? Judas. Don't forget. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, for a sheep, come on, you've been listening from start to finish with the Good Shepherd. Everything is taken care of. All you have to do is follow. And you've got, and that's the goodness. For us, um, the goodness and the mercy, we have to look at it as a pursuit, an active pursuit of these two things. They shall follow me all the days. It's more a pursuit than a follow. They're actively there with you. You can see it in, in David's life. And you're going to see it now in, with Abigail that comes to him. You see, quite often we, um, we don't recognize people that come and speak into our lives. But that's the active pursuit. When somebody comes to you and you end up changing your mind, do you see that God's hand is in that for you and for your good? Okay, cool. Did uh, you want to go to the next one? Next one? Yep. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do here is that the previous extract, I'm going to overshadow um, what's just happened in The Lord is My Shepherd. And I want to show you amazingly how. Everything comes together in this story because you don't see it. I didn't even know about this passage, but this is Abigail speaking. She says, Please forgive, forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my Lord. 
dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because your, your fight, sorry, for you fight the Lord's battles, paths of righteousness. And no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. Mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. The Lord is my shepherd. Sorry, the Lord of my Lord will be bound securely in the bundle of the living of the Lord your God, for you are with me. But you. But the, but the lives of your enemy he will hurt, hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. The Lord is my shepherd. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing, I shall not lack. He, promises, he's, he promised concerning him and has, appo has appointed him ruler over Israel. He anoints my head with oil. My Lord will not have on his conscience the, the staggering burden of needless bloodshed shed, or of having avenged himself. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amazing words from somebody that he hasn't, he hasn't met. Who is your shepherd? I think that's, that's what we're left with. Who is your shepherd? Are you content being a sheep? Are you content with the God? Are you content with what God gives you? Do you see the hand of the Lord in your life? If he is in your life, he will be with you all the days of it. Even <clears throat> Every aspect of your life is taken care of because all comes from him who leads you. Even if you are persecuted and killed, Jesus was persecuted and killed, and he lives. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The good shepherd gives good gifts regardless of the situation might what, what the situation might look like or the hardships might be it is for your good all he asks is for you to hear his voice and follow him while knowing that he is with you always so what i'll leave you with is read your bible and hear what the good shepherd is telling you follow his voice and apply it to your life because when you Will be like the, then you will be like the good shepherd. Your cup will overflow with his faithfulness and goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And this will lead others to being led by you. Amen.